You guys just did something extremely awesome. All right, and I'm going to tell you why. Newsweek magazine did a story called God and Health. Is religion good medicine? They charted the life expectancies of people and concluded there is a direct relationship between how long you live and the number of times you attend church. Did you know that? They did a study on this. They researched it. The average age of death for someone that did not attend church was 75. A person that attended church at least once per week was 82. And one that attended more than once per week was 83. And one that invited Pastor Brad for dinner, 90. Can you believe that? 90. I'm just here to help you. I'm just here to help you live longer, that's all. So I say to you this morning, congratulations, folks, because you've just added another year to your life by being here today. Would you give yourselves a hand? Amen. I want to talk to you today about a hero. We sang a little bit earlier this, uh, one of my favorite songs called I'm a Friend of God. Don't you love that song? Awesome song. And, and it, it's about a guy who enjoyed a personal relationship with God for 25 years. And for 25 years, he'd walked with God, he knew God, he served God. And one day, God comes to him and says, I want you to do something for me. And this man says, God, sure, anything for you. I've known, been knowing you for 25 years. God says to him, without a moment's hesitation, he says, I want you to take your son, the only one you have, and I want you to kill him as a sacrifice to me. I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. And without a moment's hesitation, this man says, okay, I'll do this for you. So he takes his only son and he packs their bags, brings along two of his servants and a donkey, and goes on the trip to the place where God said to make the sacrifice. As they're traveling, his son sees the wood and he sees the knife and he looks up at his dad and he says, Dad, I see the knife, I see the wood, but where's the lamb for the sacrifice? Gulp, you know, as a dad, you're just thinking, whoa, uh, what do you say? And this man said, God will provide himself a lamb. That's a lot of faith, don't you think? God had just asked him to kill him. The man parts with his servant, says, stay here. He takes his son up a mountain, ties him up. And basically, he takes the knife, puts it to the boy's throat. And as he's about to do the deed, he hears a voice from heaven that says, don't lay a hand on your son. Because now I know you love me more than anything in this world. And so, looking over there, he sees this little lamb. God provides, he takes it, he offers it as a sacrifice. Now, of course, I'm talking about, who am I talking about? Abraham. Abraham. And his story is fascinating. It, it is a test of faith. There was a, a TV show that came out one time, and it was called The Ultimate Love Test. And I would say... If ABC was doing a, a, a TV show of Abraham, it would be the ultimate faith test. This was the ultimate test. I can't think of something more gut-wrenching than this kind of test, you know, for someone to go through. And so what I want to do this morning is show you real quickly four characteristics of heroic faith. Four characteristics of heroic faith. Now, 
The first characteristic I want you to see is that faith means believing when you can't see it. Now notice this verse, Genesis 22, verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. God tested Abraham. Hey, what is it about heroes that make them heroes? It's the test. It's the test. It's the testing they go through. Would you agree with that? I mean, everyone has to have their test. Every person, every uh, political leader, every religious leader, every superhero, every metahuman, everybody has to have their test that they go through. And Abraham was tested by God. Yesterday I was talking to my son and we were talking about testing and, and I said, well, you know, a, a faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. That's one of the reasons God will test us often is to see where our faith is. And this morning, I hope that as we're together this morning that you will feel faith rising inside of you, that you will feel the faith of God pouring into you this morning. Some of you are going through testing right now as I'm speaking. You're in a test. You're in some kind of challenge. Now, I don't know what it is. I mean, it might be relational, maybe going through an incredibly difficult time in, your, in a relationship. It's a test. Maybe there's a financial uh, situation and you're struggling in this financial situation. It's a test. God often brings these into our lives because it's the test that brings out our best. Can you say that with me? It's the test that brings out our best. Without the test, there's no greatness. It's the test that forces the hero to become a hero. Does that make sense? So God comes to Abraham because God had big plans for Abraham. By the way, just so you know, if you're going through a test, it just means that God has big plans for you. Isn't that good news? If, if, if you're going through a test right now, God has some plans for your life. That's why he's allowing you to go through whatever it is that you're experiencing right now. And faith during that test means believing when you can't see it. <laughs> this is one of my favorites about faith because uh, a lot of times we question about God and we have questions about does God exist. I remember my neighbor at one time was a psychiatrist, and I met him, and, and uh, he said, hey, what's your name? And I said, Brad, and his name, Alan. And I, he said, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. He goes, great, I'm an atheist. And, and, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a good neighbor. And I said, well, you, no, actually what I said to him was, hey, that's wonderful. I'd love to know how you came to your atheism sometime. Talk about it. And so we would talk about why didn't he believe in God. And, and he came slowly to a position where he began to believe in, in a God, that something up there exists. And, and so it's important that this God speaks to Abraham, but Abraham can't see God. He just knows that God is speaking to him. Now that's walking by faith and not by sight. Amen? Walking by faith and not by sight. We don't walk according to what we see, because here's what you see all around you circumstances. Can you look around you and see circumstances? Yes. I mean, you can look on your, your bill 
and see the number, and then you can look on your bank account and realize, I don't have enough. That's your circumstances, okay? You can look at that, that person that you're in love with, and they're mistreating you and hurting you, and all you can see is that person. That's your circumstances. But we don't let circumstances determine our faith. You never do. You can't. Because God allows all kinds of circumstances to come into people's lives. God wants to know, how will you respond in the test? And it said, after all these things, God tested Abraham. And Abraham believed God. Now, what does the world say? What do you hear? Do you ever hear this? I'll believe it when I... Yeah. Seeing is believing. No. Seeing is seeing. Believing is believing, whether you see it or whether you don't see it. Believing is believing. I love to talk to people that say, well, I don't believe in God because I can't see him. Like, well, do you believe in love? Do you believe in human emotions? Do you believe in gravity? Come on. Do you believe in the wind? Yeah, you don't see these things. You see the effects of them, but you don't see them. I can't say, hey, I'm going to take the wind and I'm going to set it right here. Let's all look at the wind together. It doesn't work like that. It's invisible to the naked eye. Yet, would any of us truly argue in this room today that the wind doesn't exist? That's how foolish it is to say God doesn't exist. The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. Why? It's the stupidest thing in the world to say, at least in that argument, for sure. So Abraham could have doubted it was God speaking to him. Does God ever speak to you and you doubt that it's him? God tells you, I want you to do something, and then you start talking yourself out of it by going, well, is that really you, Lord? And I don't don't know. Hebrews 11.1 says, faith means being sure of the things we hope for and knowing that something is real even if we do not see it. That's what faith is, knowing something is real even when you don't see it. Verse 3 says, it is by faith we understand that the whole world was made by God's command. So what we see was made by something that cannot be seen. Friends, the most real things in life are the invisible things. Love, commitment, loyalty, beauty. Some of these things, sometimes you can't see all of beauty. Sometimes you can. Some people say God's not real, but this verse says the exact opposite. So faith means believing even when I don't see it. Faith also means obeying when I don't understand it. Notice this. Then he said, this is God speaking to Abraham, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. I'm thinking, if I was Abraham, that would have been my cue to to haul out of there. That would have been my cue to say, you want me to do what? I, I don't understand. Everything I've known about you, God, for these past 25 years has been sort of steady and consistent. And 
Now you're asking me to do a human sacrifice? Now look, to you and I, human sacrifice is barbaric, isn't it? It's barbaric. But you have to understand a little bit about the Bible's history, where Abraham came from. Abraham did not grow up a Jew or a part of Israel. He's the father of them. So he didn't really grow up in a Christian home. He grew up in a, in a place where they believed in many gods. And many times they would offer sacrifices. It was no big deal for people around him to offer sacrifices. That's what they did. As a matter of fact, archaeologists today, they're still finding all of these grounds and they're finding the bones of children. They just found this huge, huge cemetery uh, type place where just the bones of like 1,500 children. They couldn't believe it. One of the past civilizations had done human sacrifice. This is not something that's new to human history, but it's sort of barbaric to us because we know that God doesn't ask us to do these things. Except that with Abraham, he did. He comes to Abraham, and I'm sure it was confusing. He comes to Abraham, and he says, I want you to sacrifice your son. It doesn't matter how old you are or how long you've walked with God. God's never through with you. After 25 years, Abraham had settled into a nice, comfortable relationship with God. God didn't bother him too much. He didn't bother God too much. Just enough to give him a stable emotional life. But God's not content with that kind of relationship. God comes to him and says, I'm going to shake things up, Abraham, in your life. In fact, I'm going to shake things up in the world and I'm going to use you to do it. Abraham didn't see this great vision. This wasn't Abraham. Abraham wasn't this big hero when God came to him. God said, I'm going to test Abraham. Why? Because only God can make you what you can't make yourself. You can't turn yourself into a hero. Any more than you can turn yourself into a follower of Christ. God has to do that. God has to save us. God has to change us and transform us. Everything he knew about God up to that point was shattered when God said to him, I want you to take your son and I want you to sacrifice him to me. It was an odd request. It was an unthinkable request. Has God ever asked you to do something that you found confusing? Sometimes he does. Jesus said, blessed are those who do not, are not offended by me. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, blessed are those who are not offended by me. What, what was he saying? He's saying, I'm going to do some things that offend you. I'm going to do some things you don't understand. And the real test of faith is, will you keep following me? Will you allow yourself not to be offended and then keep committed to God and follow him? So, God tested Abraham. Now, why did God test Abraham? Was it so God could find out what was inside of Abraham? No. It was so Abraham could find out what was in Abraham. God knows everything. God knows all. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. 
What he wants to know is he wants us to understand who we are in him. Do you know who you are in God today? Do you know who you are in Christ? That's one of the reasons God allows testing in our life. Tests bring out the best. It's, it's what's inside of us that he wants to come out. When life squeezes you, what is it that comes out? Well, Abraham, you know, they say hindsight's twenty twenty. Abraham couldn't look back. You know, you and I look back over this story and we, we know the end of the story. But Abraham was right in the middle of the situation and he didn't have your perspective or mine. And that's difficult. Some of you may be in the middle of your situation and you lack perspective. Part of faith is allowing God to give you some perspective. Let's put things in perspective this morning in that test that you're going through. Let's let's back up and see the big picture for a moment. Yes, you're being tested. And yes, God wants to see how you respond. Will you have faith? Will you trust him? Will you believe even when you can't see? Will you obey even when you don't understand? But it's because he has plans for you. And he's got something bigger for you. Won't you just turn to the person, by the way, next to you and say, God's got something big for me. Just, just let them know that. Just tell them. Thirdly, third characteristic of heroic faith is that faith means persisting when I don't feel like it. It's, I imagine that Abraham didn't sleep well the night that God came to him and said, I want you to sacrifice your son. However, the Bible says, so Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. You know, can you imagine that night? I imagine I wouldn't have slept much at all. I would have been disturbed in my mind and would have been fighting insomnia, maybe getting up and walking around. But the Bible says that Abraham, he didn't wait. He got up early and he went to begin doing what God wanted him to do. He could have ignored God's voice. He could have said, you know, that was just the bad pizza I ate the night before. It's just, I wasn't thinking straight. Surely, no, no, that wasn't God. That wasn't God. He could have done that. He could have done that. But he didn't. You ever wondered, you ever wondered why God allows you to go through these things? It's so you can grow. It's so you can grow. Fourthly, faith means believing while you wait for it. Now, this is something I want to read to you, and it's very important here. I'm going to open my Bible because I want to make sure that you hear this part. Then Isaac spoke to his father Abraham and said, My father, he replied, Here I am, my son. Isaac said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering. Abraham answered, God himself will provide. That was faith. That's faith right there. Abraham says, God's going to provide. In other words, 
I don't know where the lamb is, son, but I know God. Well, dad, I see the wood and I see the knife, <laughs> but I don't, I don't see the lamb. Where's the lamb, dad? I don't know, son. I don't know where the lamb is, but I know God. I don't know where the money is, but I know God. I don't know where the love went. I don't know. I don't know how we got into this mess, but I know God. I know God. I know him. I don't know where the lamb is, but Abraham says, God will provide Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And don't miss this. Then the two of them walked on together. Twice in this passage, the Bible says, and the two of them walked on together. Faith also means believing while you wait for it. You see, sometimes you have to keep walking while you're waiting some of you right now, you're in a holding pattern, just like an airplane that has to wait when it comes to land at an airport, and they give it the instructions and say, no, we need a few more minutes, and so they just circle the airport, waiting when, for when the instructor comes on and says, you can land. Some of you are in a holding pattern right now. You're waiting on God. You're waiting on his promise. You're waiting for him to answer your prayer. You're waiting for him to heal you. You're waiting for him to save that family member. You're waiting. You're waiting. And who likes to wait? None of us. Nobody likes to wait. But sometimes while you're waiting, God wants you to keep walking. I, I like what they did. When they were doing this, Isaac looks at his dad, he says, I see, it. I see all this, I see that, but I don't see the lamb. And I think if I were Abraham, my instinct would have been to sit right down, right there, and give up. I don't know, son, I don't know where the lamb is. See, God wants you to keep walking while you're waiting. He doesn't want you to quit or give in. Some people say, well, I'm waiting on God, but I'm not doing much while I'm waiting. That's how a lot of Christians are. We're waiting on God, but we're not doing anything bad per se, but we're not doing too much good either. We go to work, spend time with our family, do our hobbies, come home, sleep, do it over again the next day. But, but God says, I want you to keep walking while you're waiting. That's where faith comes in. You keep moving forward. And, and I hope this morning... This is my goal this morning. This is my desire. I don't know if the Lord will grant this, but I want to see you move forward in your faith today. Some of you are stuck in your situation emotionally. You're stuck. I know people that I talk with, and they're stuck from things that happened 30, 40, 50 years ago. 
and they've never dealt with it. They've never handled it. They've never worked with it. They've never gotten through it. And God brings you into testing so you can move forward. God wants you walking while you're waiting. So what are you waiting on God to do for you this morning? Maybe you're about to lose hope. Maybe you feel like you've been waiting for so long, you just can't wait anymore. And you're giving up. And I just, with, with, with all of the pastoral courage I can muster, I just want to ask you not to do that. Please don't give up. Please. So often, we miss the blessing because we gave up in the stressing. And there's something God has for you, just like Abraham. If you go on and you read the story, you realize that God provided a lamb. Abraham knew it all along. He had faith, and he kept walking, even while he knew he was waiting on God to perform what God said he would do. Sometimes God allows us to wait, because when we wait, that's how patience grows. That's how faith grows. Faith is the seed that grows inside of us. And as we wait, we walk. And God waters our faith. And it grows. And it grows. And you learn to get strong in your faith. When you go through things, when you go through testing and you don't give up and you keep serving the Lord, you keep coming to church, you keep reading your Bible, you keep praying, you keep serving God, you keep walking with God you will see the blessing and God will use your life to bless many others. That's what he ultimately had planned for Abraham. And Abraham would have missed it if he'd have given up. I just want to encourage you this morning, don't give up. Keep the faith. The blessing that's coming your way is going to be worth it. Believe me, trust me, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be glorious when God does it. It's going to blow your mind. Let's pray together this morning.